What's going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome back to the Highway with Kyle. Shut. Winter is coming. I'm totally ready for it. We getting heavy as hell this week. We got Mr. Phil Pendergast from Chemist, one of the baddest bands in the land. They got a new record coming out soon. We're going to play a song off of it at the end of the program. But until then, we're going to talk about you know, weed, smoking weed, doing beers. Is that all I ever talk about on here? I feel like that's all I ever talk about on here. If you like what you've been hearing on this little three-ring circus of mine, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, hit that follow tab. You do whatever you got to do to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And if you want to go one step further and help us out, keep this show going. You can find us at patreon.com slash the highway. For a couple of bucks a month, you can help me keep these lights on, keep these interviews coming in. And for a little bit more a month, you can get some merch, you can get a private guitar lesson from me, all kinds of fun stuff. There's no way I could do this program by myself, so I want to take a special time to shout out some people that I'm extra thankful for. Uh, Austin Buchanan, couldn't do this show without you, brother. I love you so much. Uh, and these interviews, too. Um, so many people help me get these interviews. John Freeman, Zena Zarfin, love you, girl. Uh, I called in every single favor I could when I started this show, and it's been so much fun uh, seeing everybody come together behind the scenes to make all this happen. So I just wanted to say thank you all so much. We also got to give a wicked shout out to our lovely sponsors, Heil Sound, because if you like the way I sound, it's because there's a Heil in front of me. All right, I'm done being sappy. It's time to get crappy. Let's do things my way. The Highway. Phil, what's going on? It's Kyle. Hey, what's up, Kyle? Oh, not a whole lot. Just, uh, yeah, just, uh, I'm still a little bit hungover from Halloween, but, uh, <laughs> sick. I'm, I'm, you I'm, got uh, after it, huh? I'm getting there. Yeah, I went and saw the hives, uh, down in Mohawk, and, uh, yeah, we, we partied uh, hardy. Sick. It was a good time, but, uh, thanks so much for coming on the program, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, okay, uh, are you still up in Denver? Uh, I live up in Longmont. It's not super far, uh, like 40 minutes away. Is that like uh, cheaper. like Louisville kind of area or, or something like that? Yeah, yeah, just north of there, basically. There's a whole bunch of L-towns up here. Oh, cool, um, yeah. yeah was, uh, I think Denver, yeah. the same thing uh, happened there. It happened to Austin. Uh, it's just, uh, I, I can't even afford to park there anymore. <laughs> yeah, fuck. <laughs> At well, least we haven't gotten that bad yet, but yeah, yeah it's right. coming. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I've, I love Denver so much. It's one of my favorite cities, um, but uh, it's, it's mostly... I wouldn't say mostly, but um, just, you know, Colorado's like, it's always been the weed state, you know, and we're a fucking weed yeah. band. And so it was always, uh, you know, we're always trying to score some pot when we're on the road. But every time we're in Denver, the elevation would really hit us like a ton of bricks. I mean, I would drink like two IPAs and smoke a joint and be like, I need to go, y'all. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dude, I I rarely have that experience because like we usually we have the advantage here. Oh, totally. Right? Absolutely. But, like uh, we went down to Mexico City. um couple years ago to play this fest uh -huh. and like i know exactly that's where you're like going. like eight thousand feet or something yeah and it's like half I, a mile higher than denver even yeah yeah i just got like fucked by that like i <laughs> i remember walking out on stage and like uh i had just been doing like some vocal warm-ups backstage and i realized i was like really lightheaded and uh i walked out on stage and what's on this huge fucking stage that alice cooper is gonna play later on and like <laughs> It's like all of a sudden I'm just like seeing black and like about to pass out and I'm like, oh fuck, this is not gonna go well. <laughs> um, You're like, no, it wasn't my. 
Because usually, well, like, my best. Oh uh, yeah, but usually, like, whenever y'all go anywhere else, you're like invincible party warriors, right? I mean, because yeah, just... that's what it feels like. <laughs> Not so in this case. I've had friends from Denver come to Austin, and they just yeah, they're just going all night and be like, "How are you still walking around right now? You just did like eight shots of tequila." But, uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, uh how, how's the band doing? How was it? I mean, it's it's been a real pandemic. I hate to harp on that, but we're still kind of um, in the the tail end of that. But um, I, I know you, you yeah. recently lost um, a member. Uh, well, j- just uh, because he quit, not because he's not with us anymore. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, how, how did uh, how did y'all hold up through that? I I love the uh, the Allison Chains cover you did through that, and all the, all the singles you were kind of like dropping throughout that. But uh, yeah, what, what was what was that like up in Denver? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, thanks. I mean, uh, the it has been a hard time. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, yeah. You know, there's I don't know. Like, is this part of the interview yet, or are we just we're going, buddy? Talking? I hit record okay. and then yeah, I yeah. dialed your number. Sick. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, like the thing is that it's just been. I think it's been hard for like all musicians, right? But to some degree, I almost enjoy just having the excuse to just kind of be at home and doing my thing. You know, like have mm-hmm. a little break from the usual sort of yeah uh, thing that we all end up having to get into. And um, but at the same time, it just like it became really hard for my mental health. You know, like, yeah. uh, cause I struggle with depression anyways. And like, it was just like so hard to see everything that's happening in the world. And then like all of these like social justice issues in the U S that I care about, but that I like, it doesn't feel like it's my space to really try and be a voice for that or anything. Totally. Um, you know, and just feeling like so, uh, not to be a downer, but like it's just so hard to like feel like your own uh, e- emotions matter when you're surrounded by all this other shit that's happening. Um, so it's like kind of probably the worst period for my mental health in my whole life, honestly. And I know kind of the same for Ben or other guitar player. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like it was a really hard time, and you know I think both of us had to come to terms with like how important is the band really like how much do we have left to give to it um you know like what does it mean if like we're in a band and we can't like hang out and be friends right now does it still something that matters you know just having to like reckon with all this shit and um so we ended up just being in a pretty dark headspace, and that's kind of where the album came from. So uh, it's a pretty honest reflection of the time. But, uh, yeah, so it hasn't been great. But, you know, more recently it's been better. Uh, I didn't actually see you at Psycho, but we were there, too, uh, doing show uh, our show there and stuff. And yeah, I, I, I miss so Joe. It, it was hard to make it around this year because it was in the Mandalay, so you had to walk, like, eight miles to, like, get anywhere. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I got and I got over to the 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 pool right after you guys finished. Uh, it, but yeah, so I missed you guys. Just too, but like, it's just like a that was such a nice thing to have happen, you know. Totally. Uh, after it's so long, like, it just felt like such a strange fucking thing. Um, be constantly surrounded by people all of a sudden, and like, just everybody's like trying to have a good time, but you know. Also, all the bands are, like, not really 100% on their shit yet. You know, like, everybody's kind of, like, getting back into it. Oh, man, it was our um, first show back in three years, like, and it was, like, a 20-minute throw-and-go. Honestly, like, I mean, I had a great yeah. time, but it was the first show, yeah, that we had 
played together in three years, and it it was it was rough. I mean, I, I saw the yeah. I saw the video. It it wasn't that great, but uh, but <laughs> everyone had a great time. And uh, the the tour we did right after that, we just like were like watertight, you know, by the end of it. And uh, we're, it's like we're back, baby. But yeah, there was um sick. There was a bunch of Wait. sick shows. Um oh yeah, what what was that? What t- what tour were you guys just on? We uh we just hit, uh, hit the road with Primus doing that. Um, oh sick the uh, uh the Rush tribute set. So um, okay that, yeah that was a fucking great time. Oh man, it was like a I bet. Mu- full of life again. Yeah, you know, after the whole thing. But um, but yeah, yeah. Do you guys have any uh, tour plans coming up? Anything like that? Yeah, we're uh, we're doing like a short sort of West Coast thing in January. Uh, we're still trying to like finalize sort of what our plans for are for the rest of the year. I don't know. Like you guys are probably experiencing this too. Like it feels like there's a little bit of uncertainty with international stuff, especially right now. We're I'm not gonna uh, say what it is, but we're we're looking at like summer 2023. You know what I mean? That's uh-huh. like the earliest that we can even think about maybe even attempting something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like kind of a tough point right now, and also like as a band, we're sort of feeling like the momentum is in our favor for if like we kind of wait maybe a month or two before we start like committing to stuff uh-huh. like that. Maybe, maybe we'll be getting potentially some better offers to do things with like new album on nuclear blast than we would have if we did it, like pulled the gun now. Uh-huh. So we're kind of trying to see like what opportunities might come up. So try and like have enough stuff that we're putting on the books so that it feels like we're going to do something for sure. But then try and leave the, the door open for opportunities to come up, you know, for sure. Uh, as they do. So, yeah, kind of a weird spot to be in, but like we're doing a couple shows in New York at St. Vitus in December. Uh, so those are coming up, and I'm really excited to do that again. Hell yeah, that's always a fun Man, place. Man, Williamsburg and Greenpoint are different now. It's uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, I call it the city that sleeps. Uh, oh yeah, shit! It, it, it's uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're used to partying there, it is. It was eye opening uh, the last time we were there. But um, yeah, I, I still think you're gonna have a great time. We had a we just did the music hall recently, and. Um, Okay. It was a fantastic show. So yeah, uh, New York. It's all. It's like there's no traffic. Um, yep. It's hardly weird as many people ever. I mean, like at two a.m. in Williamsburg was like a ghost town. It was, I'd never seen anything like it. I was like, oh my god, it was weird. Whoa. But that's crazy. But yeah, yeah, tour. It, it's happening. Um, I'm I'm really excited uh, for next year. We're just uh, just gonna start booking dates and see what happens. I can't I can't say shit about what's announced yet, but uh, we are gonna be in Denver um, soonish. So. Have to come okay. out and puff tough. Do you do you still smoke? Do you still smoke? Yeah, I, I do. I do occasionally. Not not a ton anymore, but you know, like I'm not I'm not against it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, yeah, we actually. Um, I, I, I want to say this was like New Year's Eve. I think it was 2013. Uh, Colorado was the first state to to legalize it. And, yeah, um, right. The the Bluebird uh, flew us in for uh, two nights. Um, okay. like the 30th and the 31st. And so like, they were like, we want the sword to be the, the band to like ring in legal weed, uh, on yeah, midnight, awesome. January 1st. And we told them, we were like, can you get us like four bongs like for the, the encore <laughs> so that like, cause we timed the set to where we like, we left the stage at like 1155 or whatever and went backstage and got like four bongs, and, like packed them up fat. And then like, right at, right at midnight, we like came out and did the countdown and like the second, the ball dropped or whatever we just like sparked up the fucking bongs and like people screamed so loud for that i was just like there's, there's that was the loudest cheer we ever got like way louder than ever playing music we should just drive around and smoke weed in front of people man it's like <laughs> all they want to see 
Snoop Dogg's been doing that for years, man. You can <laughs> hop on that train. There's a precedent for it. But uh, but man, what what uh, what made you want to pick up a guitar back in the day, and and what 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 led you down the uh, the the doom metal path? I want to talk about doom in a little bit, but uh, yeah, but what what was there like a particular moment or like a thing in your life that made you uh, think about picking up the guitar and just saying goodbye to everything? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I never said goodbye to everything. I, I, Smart. I never have been like that, that dude that gets like so deep into playing the guitar that that's like all they do for six hours a day or whatever. <laughs> like I've always been like the guy that's like mildly capable on the guitar and, you know, like, uh, holds it together. <laughs> uh, but, but not like trying to excel super hard on it. You know, you know it's not a contest, um, you know, it's like, as long as you can make the thing create the noise that you hear in your head and you're happy with it that's really all that matters exactly yeah it's always been like my only motivating factor for getting better has always just been like ah shit there's like this part that i can uh-huh. hear that i want to be able to play but like i can't down pick fast enough so like i better work on that you know it's never been like oh i have to learn how to play you know this ingve song or like whatever oh, like fuck that. i don't have any interest in that and um but yeah like originally it was just i grew up listening to classic rock and southern rock uh like in my dad's collection and um so i've always been real partial to you know a lot of that stuff uh like zz top and little feet and um almond brothers and you know stuff like that yeah. and uh but then like Jimi hendrix and you know uh like the clash and like early punk music and stuff too i was kind of like exposed to all that at the same time mm-hmm. and I, I had a friend that bought a guitar and started learning how to play it, and I'd go over to his house and, like, try and play Smoke on the Water or whatever, you know, and, like, uh, just... It it wasn't something that I got really into, I would say, until I was in college, and then I decided that it was way more fun for me to play guitar if I tried to write something than it was for me to, like, try and play along to something uh-huh. that somebody else was playing. So I, you know, just started getting together with people that I knew that would have a drum set or even just another guitar player and try and play with them and be like, Oh, I came up with this riff and just turned out that like everything that I would try and write always was just like riff based and not super intricate. Uh, and I heard, you know, like maybe like electric wizard around that same time. And like probably you guys, you know, and was just like, Oh, okay. Like this kind of thing is the kind of thing that I know that I can do. Uh, and I don't really have to change who I am or my approach to the guitar. I, this is just like, what's going to come out if I try and write something. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of just been my approach the whole time is like, uh, live with your limitations a little bit and, uh, use that as like the creative ground for, uh, what you're doing. You nice. know, I always liked that y'all sang. You know, rather yeah. than just like, just scream your head off. I mean, I love extreme music and everything like that, but I always uh, had a, a, a real large admiration for bands that had the courage to sing and uh just that will take your band so much farther (laughs) yeah well the the thing when we started the band was like ben our other guitar player was you know saying he's like i've been playing in these bands that nobody's giving a shit about for forever and like it'd be real cool if we had figure out how to do some clean vocals so that maybe there's like some life to this thing you know and uh so i was just like okay i'll give it a shot uh, you know, with no real expectations for myself. I never sang before that. Um, but I knew that I could 
at least like be loud, uh-huh. <laughs> sing clean, cleanly, and uh, that maybe it would be. I, I I felt like I had at least like a unique sound, even if it wasn't a good sound, and so just have tried to like become the best version of myself in that. And it's taken a lot of time and effort. Uh, singing so much harder than I think like the normal person that sings along to something in their car or whatever would think, <laughs> you know, like it's the, as I got more into it, I didn't sing for forever. I mean, I don't even think I started doing backup vocals until our fourth album. And uh, yeah, there's uh-huh. a lot more like things like implied melody and, and things like that. Like you don't have to sing it perfectly, but if you do, sometimes it sounds worse and like things, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's, it, it's a lot different than I thought it would be than just, you know, yeah, like you said, singing in the shower. But um, yeah, it's like it's like an infinitely tunable instrument, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's purely expressive too. So it's like, um, like you were saying, like the, you know, the shape of the vowels that you ch- choose uh-huh. for like words like make a difference. And you don't even think about it. Yeah, sound. yeah, totally. And so like you hear it back, and you're like, God, is that how I say found? That's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but um, but but getting into all that, like you're saying, like uh, the vocal stylings and choosing all that and stuff. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about doom because whenever I first heard the word doom, uh, in in relation to music, it was the band Doom who are not Doom at all. Um, yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> pretty misleading. Yeah, right. And um, and then you know bands like Doom Riders came out and things like that. And then I started to hear people talk about doom metal, but but for me personally, like. Doom is a very specific subgenre of an already very underground type of music, and um, it was bands like um, uh, Crippled Lucifer, or I'm sorry, mm-hmm. uh, Burning Witch. Uh, that, that album, Crippled Lucifer, um, uh, was a, a yeah, big yeah. one for me. Or bands like um, uh, Cathedral and things like that. That just, just sang about like evil death and destruction, but like on a worldwide level, not just like death metal and stuff like that. But it was it didn't have to be uh, punishingly slow all the time but that mm-hmm. was just kind of that that was mostly the vibe but these days it's like anything is called doom it's crazy like you could you know like yeah. if aerosmith put out a new record to be like you know the new doom record or whatever like they have the doom right. charts now like it, it, anything is doom i wanted to ask yeah like what y'all thought about that because uh you know like getting pigeonholed in a genre can sometimes kind of just kill your momentum um but uh yeah did y'all yeah. ever embrace that or is that kind of where you started from like how do you feel about doom it's that's uh, a really good question because it's something that I think we've wrestled with uh, sort of throughout the history of the band mm-hmm. is like not feeling connected to that label really at all beyond I think doom is like a signifier of a certain type of like emotional heavy music mm-hmm. right where like there is clearly like some sorrow and like regret and loss that's being expressed even if it's not like in the lyrics but in like the melodies and the sort of feel of, uh, you know, some classic candle mass and cathedral records. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that that's really kind of more of a, a vibe than like a, a sound, uh, maybe. And that that's about as far as I embrace like the label of doom for what we do uh-huh. is like, yeah, we're like living in that same kind of like emotional space. Yeah. For the most part, like, things are pretty mid-tempo um but it kind of stops there like we don't really do any like tony iomi 
single note based riffing. Like a lot of our riffs are like chord based. Uh-huh. Um, and stylistically, like we've always had a lot more, I think that we consciously accept as an influence coming from classic rock and from traditional metal. Like I'm pretty sure that this has got to be true of you guys too, that like I think of the band being more similar to like Thin Lizzy than I do it being similar to like candle mass absolutely like, i it, was gonna say like a blue oyster cult kind of thing but just like all minor all the time you know <laughs> yeah yeah right but with like a really strong emphasis on like guitar melody uh-huh. and uh these twin guitar things that are like playing off of each other um it's always been a really big part of the sound that we're going after and so um it could be a little bit frustrating because people have like this expectation that when you hear something that's doom metal, or at least they used to have this expectation, that's got to be like really slow. Um, it's got to sound like Black Sabbath, or else it's like not authentic and it kind of uh-huh. sucks. And we were never trying to do that, so it was like a little bit frustrating. Uh, and I think we were trying to kind of actively push against that label for quite a while and mm-hmm. be like, it's just heavy metal. Um, you know, like we're doing stuff from black metal and death metal and traditional metal too, probably equally as much as doom metal. So, um, but now on this new record, I feel like we're kind of embracing the uh, like that aesthetic of doom that I was talking about, like the feeling of it. Even if musically, like the record is still pretty dynamic, like it's um, it's based in this like headspace and vibe that's very dark and that is very doomy. And, like, we're willing to accept that this is, like, a Doom record, uh, but we don't have to be a Doom band, necessarily. Uh-huh. That's interesting, man, because, uh, like, we, we always used to get the stoner thing. And um, yeah, to, to sure. me, to me, like, stoner rock, like, implies that you're singing about weed. And, like, we've never uh-huh. done that, not once, you know what I mean? But for whatever reason, I mean, I get it, like, we had this, like, kind of slow, headbanging swagger thing, and we do, we I mean, we did smoke all the weed in the fucking world, don't get me wrong, but that wasn't, like, the point of our music, you know, so we, we yeah, were, like, yeah. battling this, like, stoner label forever, and to the point where we just sort of, like, whenever High Country came out, I was like, man, wouldn't it be funny if we, like, leaned into it as, like, a weed pun, you know, and, like, to, like our mer- yeah, yeah. Mer- merch package was, like, a stash box with, like, fucking papers and a dugout and shit in it, and everyone's like... A lot of comments were like, I thought y'all said you weren't a stoner band. We'd be like, hey, everybody just shut up. <laughs> Smoke some weed, buy the record, listen to it or don't, man. Fucking whatever, dude. We're all just having fun. But there's bands like, you know, like Bongzilla or yeah. you know, Electric Wizard has like Dope Throne, you know, the little wizards hitting a bong yep. on the cover and shit like that or, or, yeah. or, or Sleep or whatever. And like that to me is like, you know, pure right down the middle stoner rock but um yeah that term kind of like fell off i don't know i haven't really heard people talk about much that i think like doom kind of took over there's no stoner charts you know yeah true maybe everybody's too stoned to to make (laughs) charts and really like isn't all isn't all heavy music just stoner music like nowadays uh, you know our our singer used to say like yeah you don't call willie nelson stoner country yeah or like it's not stoner rap you know um but Maybe Although it probably be should be stoner yeah. rap, isn't that Afro Man? Isn't he stoner rap? I don't know. Oh, true. Yeah, <laughs> man, Snoop Dogg would be so bummed though that he's left out on that one. Like, I, I'm a, I'm a big Snoop fan. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, I, I was just listening to like I, I was driving back from practice on Halloween and I was like thinking about how there was like this really funny time in West Coast West Coast hip hop where like everybody sounded like Snoop Dogg mm-hmm. but then like some people like went like a really horrific 
lyrical direction with it. <laughs> so I was like listening to Brother Lynch Hung on uh, the way back from uh, practice the other day, and he's just like singing about killing babies and shit. But like every song is also about weed, and it's like, uh, how come we can't take more inspiration from that? <laughs> in, in, uh, you know, I don't know, some dark shit right there. Hey, man, that's, that's all I think about whenever I get stoned is killing babies, you know? Huh. Yeah, exactly. Who, who knew? <laughs> who fucking knew? What, uh, I love that you, uh, yeah, listen to all genres of music. I have, I have kind of have one rule is that I, I don't listen to shit that sucks. Um, but there's uh-huh. something to like about any kind of, yeah, genre of music. Do you find, um, that you like never listen to metal? Ever, you know what I mean? When it's like you're in a band like that's so fucking heavy, like the last thing you want to hear is like, put, you know, put on a, a fucking I don't know, like like they say like Burning Witch or something like that. Yeah, I listened to that shit like 20 years ago, but I just really don't have like a need to listen to it all the time anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think the more stylistically similar it is to what we do, kind of the more like I don't really want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for like maybe a couple reasons, like I kind of hear this sort of thing enough you know from having to practice and play it and then just because i don't necessarily want to be influenced by like whatever is out there already um so it's a little bit like deliberate even though i do like some of that stuff you know um but if it's like more extreme like early kanate or something kind of in the same vein as burning wish i guess but like more abrasive um then that's okay I don't know. Like I kind of draw like arbitrary boundaries around that I, shit. I, I I usually find myself listening to like really extreme music if I'm going to listen to something heavy. I love yeah. Nile. Uh, I love Carcass. They're like one of my favorites. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I actually just talked to Bill Steer and I I had to say like the, the reason I like Carcass so much is because they come around every eight years and remind everyone that their band sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're the fucking they're death metal locusts. Oh yeah, dude. Hiding beneath the ground. Oh waiting. my god. Did you ever see Locust back in the day? No, I never did. It was wild, man. They were uh they they weren't big at all. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. just had really cool merch and uh like their uh, all their vinyl just like looked immaculate and then fucking yeah. uh, they would just dress up and like like fucking locusts and uh, it was like the craziest thing. You'd go downtown to Emos and uh yeah, there'd be like 50 people there. And these dudes playing this insane fucking grindcore uh, that was just better than everybody else, and uh, yeah, it was weird. But then it's it's funny, like when they went away, like the 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 legend of them has sort of become larger than life. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I wonder what they would do. Are they are they back together? I know Justin's still like kicking around. I, I wonder if they got back together if they did a tour, if it would be like huge. Probably. I think that they did do like a couple reunion shows or something, maybe like five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. I. I seem to remember that, like, this old band that we were sharing our space with at the time, like, uh, they were kind of like a hardcore band that they were maybe opening a show for a reunion show for Locust or something. I don't Who knows? really remember. You know, uh, did you ever listen to uh, that band Daughters? Yeah, yeah. That was another one of those bands where we used to go see them just in, like, punk houses. Like, they they weren't big at all. Like, even when they yeah. broke up and put out Canada songs and they just kind of fizzled out, like, they weren't huge by any means. And then when they came back, it was just this massive thing. And then their their new records just sound completely different than they, what they used to. Uh, they right. And uh, just one that, of those bands I'm super new record. proud of. Oh, my God. That so new record's really good. good, though. Yeah. Like, they, you know, they came back and they, I think, hit upon something that people didn't know they needed. And mm-hmm. so there they go. It's nuts. Their drummer now is uh, in the the reunited Unsane, 
and uh, they're, oh, no they're, they're kicking around Austin right now, just uh, playing fucking uh, crazy shows. They're doing like all the old shit uh, and like uh-huh. p- playing parking lot shows and, and, and stuff like that in Austin. It's really cool to see like a lot of these kind of older bands that were underground like come back, and there's like just this whole maybe two, even three generations now of like new fans that never got to see them that are all just fucking so stoked. Yeah. Oh, that's rad. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Denver's kind of like a lot like Austin like that, too. It's like a real... I, I don't know if Denver's a music town necessarily, but there's just like so much amazing music that's come out of there. And uh, and then the people kind of get spoiled because you get all the good shows. <laughs> do you mm-hmm. do you find that people just uh, uh, just kind of sit there sometimes and don't really like get as hype as uh, you wish they would just because they get to see every fucking band? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think... If you'd asked me this and I'd lived in town like 12 years ago, I might have a really different answer because uh-huh. I think like at the time, right when I moved here, which is in 2010, um, I'm from the Seattle area originally, so it's like kind of the same mm-hmm. story, I guess. But uh, like in Denver at the time, at least, bands would only play in town because it was like a stop on the way between these other major markets, you know, like yeah. you had to go through the middle of the country someplace and like Denver is going to be a better show than everywhere else. But it's like, um, I think it's only really come into its own as like a, a good place culturally for music and for the music that's coming out of there in the last eight years or so. And now we have just like a whole bunch of like super sick, uh, heavy bands that are based out of here. Um, I don't keep up with like the other styles of local music mm. enough to know what's going on, but I'm sure that it's probably pretty ripe for a lot of other stuff too. I mean, I think the main thing that's kind of making Denver unique in that respect is that we don't have a strong cultural um, attachment to like one type of music here mm-hmm. because there isn't there isn't a legacy. Like, so I, I think that it gives bands kind of the freedom to do like whatever it is that they want and that there will still be an audience for that because it is a music going town. Like people want to go see shows and maybe before the pandemic, I think maybe we all kind of were taking that for granted, Mm -hmm. but now that it's kind of back, like I I think people are going to be just as excited as they ever were for it. You know, totally. It's like, have you seen a show yet? The spark. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a couple of things. Um, I mean, other than Psycho, uh, I haven't seen, like, any, like, big shows. I've been to, like, Friends bands shows uh-huh. and shit, like, around town. Um, but uh, so, so was Psycho Vegas, like, your first concert experience back, like, post-pandemic? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, for man. me personally, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Was it just, like, fucking super spiritual? It was. I mean, it was... I think more than anything, it was just so nice to, like, see friends again, like, Mm -hmm. band friends, you know, that, like, you run into everywhere across the country, like, every six months or every year or whatever, um, but that you hadn't seen for a while and, you know, just see people that you didn't know were going to be there, you know, like, just walking past them in a casino and being like, oh, what's up? You know, uh, getting to reconnect like that is so cool. And then getting to see you know, just such a variety of bands there. Like that festival is pretty perfectly curated towards my tastes. I I would say like beyond like them getting, you know, priest or somebody to like headline, um, you know, like they've got high on fire and like, 
uh, did you see Danzig? Hannibal Corpse and I didn't I didn't see Danzig. I was like stuck over at the pool stage uh, doing Cannibal Corpse and uh, Dying Fetus. Uh, I, I caught like well, I, when I, he played. I watched uh, Cannibal Corpse like from the windows, like in line to get in to see Danzig because you could like oh, <laughs> like overlook like the pool area. I was like, yeah, yeah. That, that looks cool. I've seen them before, and I've seen Danzig a bunch, but I'd never seen him play most of those um, songs off of Lucifuge. And uh, yeah, I gotta say that's that was a fucking amazing show. That's like my favorite album of his too. Mm-hmm. So like I. I, I, I don't know what was wrong with me. I should have gone over there. I don't know. I, the last time I saw him in Denver, it was like it was so bad that I, I think uh-huh. I was like afraid that it was going to ruin it for me. Yeah. But everybody that I talked to said he was fucking on it. So like, Danzig, he's I don't a, know. He's a, he's a funny little guy. I mean, like I've seen him, like some of the worst shows that I've ever seen him play were yep. because I got to say the crowd was maybe a little lackluster or like his band maybe wasn't the tightest at the time or... People, yeah. He was just playing all new music that nobody gave a fucking shit about, and I'm sorry. And he he's a real moody dude. I guess you know he he gets real sensitive about things like that. Um, but uh-huh. uh, you go to Europe and like see him play, and there's like you know fifty thousand people just going ape shit, and then he just puts on an amazing show. So you know it's I, I don't know. He gets a bad rap. I mean, rightfully so. He's kind of an asshole. I'm sure, like anybody has the capacity to be an asshole. But that crowd that night, him playing all the Lucifuge songs, like if you just blurred your eyes a little bit. You could put yourself right back there in like 1992 or whatever when that came out, and just be like, like that's really what it was probably like. Um, and uh, God, it was just fucking amazing. His guitar yeah, player, uh, Tommy Victor from Prong, he's just one of the uh-huh. fucking sickest guitar players. And uh, being um, being in a band with only one guitar player, like that's a lot of weight on you. You know, no when, shit. You, when you can yeah. just hold it down like that, it's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, that's like terrifying. Do you? Do you? <laughs> I used to have this. Fear, one of my uh, irrational fears. It's it's a rational fear. I don't know. It was uh, going out on stage and like just playing a clean guitar. No effects, nothing like that. You know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> that, that shit is, it used to be really terrifying to me. It still gets me a little bit. We have a, a, a song called The Sundering that we'll play, yeah. uh, that we'll walk out and do that. And my, my job is to, to start the intro, the quiet, clean intro. And uh, yeah, it's, it's all, yeah, no matter how many times I do it, I'm always still a little bit like, oh, okay. Here it goes. Don't fuck it up. You know, and I. Yep. <laughs> I yep. I know yet. the feeling. Do you? Yeah. Do you have any? I, uh, yeah. You do a lot of clean parts and shit like that. Do you have that same kind of nervousness? A hundred percent. Yeah. Like we have a song. <laughs> it's probably like our. It's like a fan favorite. You know, it's like the last track on our first album, uh-huh. and it starts off with clean guitar for like, you know, like a minute and a half or something, and it's like just me playing, and then the drums come in. And it's always like, don't fuck up these arpeggios. Your stupid fingers aren't doing exactly what you want. You're going to miss that note. And then you do, and you're like, ah, fuck. And you just have to keep like going, pretend nothing happened. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's always fun. Um, I, I I recently bought an acoustic, like a nice acoustic guitar for the first time, like thinking like, ah, I really wanted to get into like doing some kind of dark folk music, like, uh, or like more country inspired thing. And then I was thinking about it, and I was like, I don't know if I could sit up on a stage with just an acoustic guitar and my voice and like, it's tough. feel confident, you know? I did it a couple times recently as part of like a stand-up sort of gig that I, I take every so often. Uh, my friend JT Habersett, uh, who I've had on the show before, he, he uh, runs a comedy festival called Altercation, and um, okay. he, he was like... He he got me on there just telling road stories and just fun stuff like that. But then that kind of morphed into a thing where it's like, well, you know, you got some songs too. Like, what if you just played it like that? And I thought about, I don't want to bring a whole amp and a fucking electric. There's nothing worse than a 
dude up there with a guitar just singing songs with no backing band and it, it can be done really well like dudes like scott h byram or uh or yeah. william elliott whitmore or, or something well, like that yeah 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 well, woven hand from denver too 100 percent. or uh amigo the devil does it really well but that's not me yeah you know and right. uh but so like but but i was like well it's not me yet maybe so i'll do it but yeah dude it's fucking terrifying no matter how many times i've done it it's still just like okay here it goes but the, i don't know man the second you hit that that first chord you just kind of turn your brain off and get lost in it it's it's not that difficult but i, I would love to hear yeah. you do some like dark folk man that'd be sick yeah i'd be super into it like during this last album session in the studio we did record like um we've done this before like we did a uh, a version of conversation with death which is like an old yeah. ralph stanley yeah. song um and but we you know like the, the whole thing is like very loud and like do me other than like a um what's it called one that's like unaccompanied vocal intro uh, acapella vocal mm-hmm. intro but like the the one that we did in the studio this time that i have no idea what we're doing with is like just uh you know it's like acoustic guitars and my voice for like three quarters of it and then at the end it like gets heavy for a second and uh i was feeling really inspired by that i was like man this song is fucking sick like i should just try and write some stuff that's like this that's not like an old folk song you know come up with my own um so yeah it's something that i want to do um i just haven't found the time yet to dive into folk is in Uh, the 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 folk punk scene is is alive and well (laughs) <laughs> which I, I'd never I guess. Really thought. <laughs> no, it is, dude. I was managing this bar uh, on on the east side of Austin for a while, and like, uh, yeah, like there's like straight up like folk punk bands. Like, uh, I, I can't remember the, the Nicees came through, like the, the the band Days and Days, and just like these huge like roving, there's a horrible smelling caravans of uh, folk punks. <laughs> they're just uh, they're just going off, and people are loving it. I was like, wow, I never would have fucking thought. But um, damn. You know what? The folk punks, they drink a lot of Bloody Marys. I think it's because they need the vitamins. You know what I mean? But yeah, they yeah. also want to get drunk. I don't know. <laughs> There's just sure. one thing Maybe I it's the only a food that they can afford during exactly. the, the day. With, yeah. with, their, with their drink tickets, you know. And uh, I, I made more goddamn Bloody Marys at the folk punk shows than I ever made any other time. <laughs> do, do, <laughs> do you make a good Bloody Mary? Uh, I, I, I do now. Okay. <laughs> Not at first. <laughs> I'm more of a, uh, I, I can pour a hell of a beer, I can pour a hell of a shot, you know, kind of guy, but I'm just like, oh, here we go, <laughs> fucking cocktails. My lord. I, no. I, I'm not a cocktail guy at all either. Like, I just, you know, hand me a beer and I'm happy. It yeah. doesn't have to be fancy, you know, like Coors Banquet or like Lone Star or whatever. It's like, it's fine. But, yeah. um, but I fucking love a Bloody Mary, man. Oh, really? like, I can't do it. It's not for me. It's like drinking a pizza. I just can't do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why I like it. I don't know. I feel like I, I grew up drinking V8 like all the time okay. for some reason. Word. I don't know why. I was just like in my house and uh, like it's just like a part of me. Like I want that fucking like kind of nasty, like overly sour uh, and too too salty fucking like tomato juice thing going on. Um, so I'll do like micheladas and stuff too. Like Word. anything that has tomato juice, I'm down. That's awesome. You ever had a mocajete? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, those are great. Uh, just uh, yeah. if I, I like it because of the seafood, because it's more like a meal mm-hmm. than a than a drink. But yeah, Bloody Marys. I, I don't know something about it. I just can't do it. But uh, yeah. So um, uh, you got a new record coming out, right? For, uh, for uh, Nuclear Blast. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, do you have a release date yet? Because I, I know the, f- yeah. the single came out like somewhat recently. I was listening to that earlier, and uh, it's fucking it's awesome. I would love to hear the rest of it. 
Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, we could uh, send you a copy of it, I'm sure. Uh, there's, It's coming out on November 19th um, via Nuclear Blast, like you said. Uh, and, yeah, the record's called Deceiver. Um, I think it's, like, our darkest record yet, for sure. Kind of like the headspace I was talking about earlier mm-hmm. that we were writing it in. Definitely comes through. And the whole thing is kind of, like, uh, we, we thought about the whole thing as, like, one piece to some degree like it's not like there's definitely like individual tracks and in the whole thing are play as individual tracks mm-hmm. but like we had the sequencing for the full album figured out before we went in the studio like there's kind of like a, a through line of like a lyrical concept that kind of ties the whole thing together so it's very much like an album and um i'm really excited for people to hear it i'm, I'm really proud of everything we did and uh as usual like I, I always really like doing the album art and like figuring out that with the guy that we work with for all mm-hmm. that uh sam turner and i just like love what we came up with for this album for the on that in that respect too so like you know anybody that wants to get it you should get the vinyl copy so that you have the big artwork and you can see you know all the little details and shit and there's drawings for each song on the inside and i don't know it's very cool hell yeah man i can't wait uh, do you want to play a song off of it i always ask uh my musician friends if they want to like drop a new uh, song or, or anything I, I know it's not out yet or if you have uh, even the permission to do that but you can do whatever you want on this show man <laughs> yeah yeah i'm fucking into it yeah yeah you should play uh the first song from the album it's called a vernal gate because uh, i don't think people will have heard it yet so awesome fuck yeah do it yeah we'll do it right now man dude phil thanks so much for coming on i really appreciate it i love your band and it just i'm so fucking stoked that y'all made it through the pandemic and uh, anybody that made it through all this i'm just so proud of because it did a lot of people didn't man no i know yeah yeah, it's really good to talk to you. I've I've almost met you. I feel like several times where we've been like in the same place, but it's never happened. Well, next time we'll make. Let, next time, let's make it happen.
Thanks so much for tuning into the highway this week. A big shout out to Reverend Guitars, Railhammer Pickups, and Earthquaker Devices. If you liked what you heard, you can follow where you can follow, subscribe where you can subscribe, and if you want to go one step further, you can support us on Patreon at The Highway with Kyle Shutt. For a few bucks a month, you can help us keep this party going, get early access to next week's episode, and even get yourself a shout out.